Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 2, Episode 11, and today I'm here with Izzy, and we're going to be talking about the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Mass, which should be fun. So we're excited about this. Heads up, uh, we will probably do a little bit of a spoiler-free chat at the beginning, but most of this episode is going to contain spoilers. We'll let you know when we're going to head into spoiler territory, but... um, FYI, if you don't want yeah. to be spoiled, <laughs> finish the book first. Finish the I don't book know first. how. I'm, I, no, I do know how. This is very long. <laughs> this is very long. You can't say I don't know how you haven't finished it yet, but it is very long. So I do know how. Yeah, it is. It is long. Okay, so I guess maybe we should talk about our backgrounds with her as an author with mm-hmm. these books. Yeah, I started with Throne of Glass. I think I was in college when I read these first. So that would have been in the early 2010s, like okay. pre like. I don't know when Throne of Glass came out, but that would have been like 2009 to 2011, somewhere in there, I think I started reading it. Does that seem right when those came out? They came out earlier than that, I want to say. But somewhere in there, I was reading her, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't know. I've been reading Sarah J. Maas for a long time. (laughs) I have To the point at which I'm like, I don't know how long I've been reading her. And I really liked Throne of Glass, that series. And then, of course, Oh, no, you're right. They came out in 2012. Okay, so then maybe it was like 2012-ish or 13 I was reading her. It was early in her career. Same. Um, Maybe not the first – maybe within two years of them coming out I was reading them. Yeah, I think the paperback had just come out when I started. So there were like two books in the series out. So yeah, I was reading those and, you know, of course just kind of fell off, came back, finished that series, started Akatar. I think I've reread the Throne of Glass series at least once now. And it's just it's it's interesting watching her writing grow and change. Yeah. But and I really have loved watching her move into adult. To yes. be honest with you. Same. And I know I know everybody wants to shit on it, but it's literally fantasy romance. And that is what you're getting. So don't yep. I don't know. I don't know why people are surprised by some of the language in the books, I guess. If that makes are sense. they? <laughs> I've seen tweets where people are like they quoted a line about like he growled blah 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 and they're like this is in this fantasy book everybody loves and i'm like it's fantasy romance it's fantasy romance calm down yeah <laughs> let us have these things we are allowed <laughs> to have them too um but yeah i've i've been reading her for so long now i feel like and i just yeah. she's just a fun author i i don't know it's it's always enjoyable mm-hmm. i never know where it's going i feel like she manages to surprise us mm-hmm. every book in some capacity yeah and in this one, I know I texted you when I finished it that I was screaming because <laughs> I literally screamed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I, I have to text Bethany immediately. Well, you know, we'll talk more about this in the spoiler section. But like when I finished it too, I was like, what? Because I think what happens at the end of this book, I, like I knew, I knew she was setting us up to mm-hmm. go there, but I didn't expect it this early on, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but um, I mean, we had been hinted that there was a something, and well, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. we'll talk about it more. But yeah, I didn't expect it in this book at all. No, same. But it's been interesting watching her grow because I think I I probably must have p- picked up Throne of Glass around like 2013 or so, mm-hmm. and have similarly have read her books. I just find them fun. I get that she's people kind of love her or hate her. I feel like, and mm-hmm. like, is she the best? writer on sort of like a prose no. world no. building she style. loves in dashes too no. that's the other thing yeah maria's yeah. Her, ruined me <laughs> ruined me all i can see sometimes is in dashes i know like, i know i just I, I it's so. fine it just doesn't bother me but like her books I are fun i don't 
yeah like i don't necessarily mm-hmm. go to them for the most amazing world building or like the deepest things although she's getting better she is and i will say i mean i read romance for fun let's be yeah. honest like that's why i like the genre of romance is i want fun i want you know interesting things but fun like at the end of the day is what mm-hmm. i'm going for in my reading experiences not earth shattering or crying because i read a mm-hmm. little life or whatever that one book is that makes everyone oh sob gosh. that i refuse yeah. to read yeah <laughs> I just it's okay to, it's okay to just like something because it's fun I agree I agree and I, I think that's where I fall on Sarah J Moss I'll enjoy her stuff because it's fun mm-hmm. and I do think the series though I'm the most people I know that like her have not actually read it a lot of people I know like couldn't get into it which I find interesting that is interesting I do think the Crescent City series is very different for her there's mm-hmm. a lot more world building than she usually does it's yeah. much more I don't know. Like, it's almost got an urban fantasy vibe, even though it's not set in our real world. Uh, I kind of call it, like, a weird urban fantasy. I don't know. Because it kind of is. Like, in, yeah. I know it's not set in our world, but it has, like, all the same markings of our urban fantasies that mm-hmm. we have. So, yeah. No, I agree. So, it's interesting because it's, like, it's different for her. But I mm-hmm. let, I really like it. I And so, we had... I did a reread this of mm-hmm. uh, House of Earth and Blood, which was Izzy's first. We did a buddy yep. read because it was Izzy's first time reading it. Mm-hmm. And I actually liked it better the second time I read it. I liked it the first time, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed it on a reread. I'm really glad we read it how we did because I think like doing my vlog for it and all that really prepped me for book two coming out, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, like doing the reread. And I definitely will probably be rereading both before book three now. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. These are 800 pages, like 30 hour almost audiobooks. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to reread these next year or yeah. whenever the next one comes out. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't read long books. <laughs> Like it is long, especially for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm more used to it because I, I read a lot of fantasy anyway. But yeah, but for me, this is very because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm definitely in the under 500 page usually club. Um, But yeah, I like, I don't know. They're so fun. Like they yeah. just, it is an interesting mash of fantasy and that urban feel. Right. And mystery, which I think yes. I hadn't until this read, I hadn't put together that like the the plot engines in both of these books actually are mysteries, mm-hmm. which I enjoy that too. That's also too. very different for Sarah. That's that's not something she's done in past books. No, it isn't. And and I think I think that throws people, honestly, that the whole mm-hmm. like the whole plot moving forward is a mystery. Yeah. And they're very used to like straight romance from her or pretty like low level plot kind of in the early Throne of Glass books, I would say. Right. And There's I don't mean that in a bad way, but like they're very like YA fantasy plots. Yeah. Like it's nothing heavy. This is much more complicated. I mean, I texted you at one point, I know, and I was like, I did not see that coming with certain character uh <laughs> reveal like who would have thought you know because you just there's so many twists in both of these books Mm -hmm. like so many twists and i think they were they were really good do you have a preference between the two which one did you like better i know you just finished yesterday i'm torn Mm. so part of me likes the first book which i just want to call crescent i know it's not called crescent city it's just the way the text is placed on the cover i know it looks like all i want to do is call it crescent city i know part of me liked the first one better because it kind of had an ending in which you could just be done honestly Mm -hmm. i mean it does leave you hanging a little i'm not gonna lie but like you kind of could just be like yeah cool they're together we're done happily ever after yeah it's got a really solve some of the mystery it's a very satisfying Mm -hmm. art book Mm -hmm. two does not have a satisfying (laughs) ending no 
which is I hate. I mean, I don't hate cliffhangers. I hate cliffhangers when I can't read the next book. <laughs> and that's where I'm at now. It's a but huge I, cliffhanger. I don't think we even have a release date for the next one. And I'm like, I, I think I people have been saying 2023, possibly, I but I'm not sure. I I'm not. It. So I was like, if this book mm-hmm. takes two years. Well, because I think she just moved to – she just had a second baby. Yep. She moved to Los Angeles because she's going to be helping with the production of the oh. Avatar mm-hmm. TV show. Interesting. I did not so, know she just moved. Yeah. I, so I hear. So I think she's got a lot of things happening. Okay. So I have to say, I – and I feel like this is an unpopular opinion, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because some of the people I know feel the opposite. But I definitely liked House of Earth and Blood better mm-hmm. than House of Sky and Breath. Like, there were so many twists and turns in it. I still enjoyed it and liked it a lot. But for me, I think what was kind of missing in it was more of the cozy moments mm-hmm. between characters and more of the emotion. So, like, we get a lot more steamy scenes in the second book. Yeah. But honestly, for me, they didn't hit the way I wanted them to because I feel like I didn't get the same, like, emotion between mm-hmm. the characters. Whereas, like, Court of Silver Flames, right, is the first book she wrote where yeah. she, we had a lot of, like, steamy scenes. And yeah. that worked for me because, like, I felt the, you know. Yeah. Like, no, I don't disagree with you in some ways because, like, I do think – I don't necessarily read Sarah J. Moss for her sex scenes. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put it that way. I have other authors I much prefer for their yeah. sex scenes yeah. than I do Sarah J. Moss. Because, like, she – these – how do I say this without it sounding bad or mean? I don't mean it how it's going to sound is the problem. But these feel very, like, I just want to put a sex scene here. Yeah. And they didn't feel, like, as they often do in romances where they move the plot forward. Right. Because, like, generally speaking in romance, if there's a sex scene, right, it should move the plot forward to some extent. Mm-hmm. And some do just exist to exist. I'm not saying they all have to move the plot forward, but – you know, we usually have a little bit of a mix, right? And well, these all just yeah. felt like self-serving. Yeah. Well, like or, or even like just, almost like fic. Yeah. Or even just like moving forward the emotional relationship between the couple. Like mm-hmm. even if it's not like the larger plot, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is I prefer – I mean there are some things where it's f- fine that it's there to be there. Mm-hmm. But like I do prefer books where more of the scenes feel like they're accomplishing something. And I think that's the difference is for me – I felt like in A Court of Silver Flames, more of those scenes were doing something to yeah. like develop the relationship, to develop what we understood about the characters. So I was more into it. Whereas this, I was like, okay, like <laughs> I just, I don't. Yeah, feel much. I didn't. There were a couple scenes that were like hot and like they were good, but then mm-hmm. it just kind of got um, even like the bonus. There's a scene in a, the bonus chapter with them. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like. Eh. Mm. Yeah, I, which sounds bad. I feel, but I felt like the scenes in the first book, like the tension build, was much better. Yes. Well, I, and I think that's think part of it too. Is we had so much tension in the first book for them to like hook up and be together. Right. That then in this book it was just like, oh, okay, now they can bang whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I, I wanted more of that tension, or at least more of like the, the development of their relationship. Like this book mm-hmm. was so focused on plot and reveals, yeah. which was cool, but it left me wanting more of the characters. Whereas in book one, I think some people complained that it felt slow, but I loved it because we get these great scenes of like hanging mm-hmm. out and banter and caretaking and tension, and that was so good. And then there was none of that in this book. No, and I mean, except for the bonus. I feel like the bonus chapters had mm-hmm. those those elements more that we yeah. saw in the first book, which is interesting. Yeah, 
to think and, that they were either cut and put as bonus chapters or I don't know what how, how yeah. they got picked. But. I do wonder if some of that stuff got edited out because I mm-hmm. feel like most – usually her books have a lot more of that, those like cozy scenes and this mm-hmm. book didn't didn't have much of it. Yeah, it was weird. I'd be curious to know how long the first – like the, the pre-edit, like final edit draft Draft, was. yeah. Because it is – this book is longer – it's funny. This book is technically longer than House of Earth and Blood, mm-hmm. but it felt shorter to me because it was so fast-paced. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure on this one. Interesting. Okay, so um, I'm going to say we can move into talking about okay. spoilers at this point. So, like, we've tried to avoid that so far, but heads it's so up. Hard. It's so hard to avoid spoilers it is, on it this is, one. It is hard. And you just finished it yesterday, so I'm sure you have things to talk about. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... That ending. The fuck. <laughs> Literally. I was just, like walking around the house going, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? So like we we talked about this when we read it, mm-hmm. the first book, um, about how like we knew it tied in, but we didn't know how. Yes. To, and, then, and, and to be clear, for anybody who is listening who isn't, it, like maybe you don't plan to read it and, you know, whatever – like we knew that her series all tied together that we had gotten a lot of easter mm-hmm. eggs that throne of glass akatar crescent city were in some way connected we just didn't know exactly how. in what way how yeah and then yeah. this one we end with bryce in Valaris. yeah with all our akatar characters yeah which is which this trip. was after like big reveals about what the um the Astari. The Astari. There it is. Yeah. But yeah, so then, like, we found out about their, like, whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Before she ends up in Valaris. And we're like, I was like, whoa, this is wild. Didn't see that coming, that they're, like, harvesting people for their energy to stay alive. Yeah. That was wild. Well, and it's interesting because I think you get a little bit of it hinted at when she realizes that whatever his name is, the king, the the, the death god kind of guy who's across yeah. the river. Because she realizes that he has been sort of consuming the life energy of people who cross over. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's kind of our hint towards what what is really happening with the Astari. Yeah. That was fascinating. It, and it just like, you got that reveal. And then the next thing you know, she's like, oh, hey, I have to run. And here's Reese and... Everybody just hanging out. And I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. I am kind of excited though, because I do like in like in the romance side of things. I I prefer a lot of times external conflict. So the fact that mm-hmm. now Hunt and Bryce have to try to get back to each other, I kind I'm, of yeah. like that. So I know some people hate it, but I'm I'm here for yeah. that. And I yeah, I was I was so surprised. Like I knew she was setting us up for something. She I will say she has done a fantastic job for years of putting Easter eggs in her books, mm-hmm. make, like leading up to this. So like I knew there was gonna be a crossover coming at some point. But wasn't expecting it here. And one other thing, too, that I don't think everybody picked up on, which is really interesting, is that with the information we get in House of Sky and Breath, it becomes really obvious that the Fae, like the Bryce is descended from, Mm -hmm. are have come from the world of Akatar, but Mm -hmm. that the shifters, like the wolves and stuff, they're the Fae from the Throne of Glass world. 
I, you know what? Because I haven't read Throat of Glass in so long. Yeah. I didn't think about that because yeah. there are the Shifter Fae mm-hmm. in that series. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. Hmm. So, like, we're clearly going to get some kind of a crossover to Throne of Glass as well. Yeah. And I thought that reveal also was really interesting about how they had, like, diminished the Fae aspects, like what makes them look Fae and different right. things. And then, like, split them into groups so that they could better pit them against each other to harvest them. I was like, dang, that's mean. The manipulation is wild. And I also think it's interesting. We seem to be getting confirmation in this book that Crescent's the Crescent City series is set on Earth, but Mm -hmm. far in the future. Um, Because, like, Midgard, like, a lot of it is, like, drawing on Norse mythology and Midgard Mm -hmm. and Norse mythology is Earth. And we now know there's, like, ruins under the water of, like, a highway and stuff that's, like, 15,000 years old. Mm -hmm. So I think this is supposed to be, the like, a futuristic Earth. Yeah. Which is, I don't, like, 15,000 years does seem a little arbitrary. So I don't know, like, why that number, but. She just liked it. (laughs) It's my guess, right? (laughs) She just picked a number. Yeah, it does seem, I know, it's interesting how. Man, I'm just like my brain now at the throat of glass thing. I was like, dang, because I haven't mm-hmm. reread that series in ages and ages. Yeah. And now I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this book, I just kept, and then like I just, every every little random thing, I was like, what? Where did this come from? Like, I didn't feel like we had a lot of ground laid for it. It just mm-hmm. was like there suddenly. Like, we found out Danica had a mate and oh, nobody yeah. knew. And no. I was like, I texted you. I was like, how many things is Danica hiding? <laughs> Because it felt like in book one, it was just like reveal after reveal about her. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm her mate. And she didn't want to tell me one because I'm an angel. And I was yeah. like, what? She had so many secrets. And I think one thing that I, I do think is really interesting, though, is um, – and I hadn't – okay, I hadn't put this connection together until mm-hmm. somebody who commented on my reading vlog for this because I've done reading vlogs for both of them. Mm-hmm. But um, somebody commented on it because I was talking about how I thought it was interesting that Danica – even though she dies in the first few chapters of the first book, is, like, one of the main characters throughout mm-hmm. the series. Like, she's so present and how that's, like, talking about, you know, like, maybe a reflection on, like, grief and, like, the, the yeah. impact that people have. But one thing that I hadn't put together is somebody in my comments came and was like, oh, my gosh, this sounds so much like Laura from Twin Peaks. And I was like, oh, because have oh, you seen have you seen Twin Peaks? No, but I, I, I know a lot of random things about Twin Peaks because okay. Twin Peaks is like, you know, a lot of people's fame. Yeah, no, Twin Peaks is interesting. It's like a weird show, but the whole thing, right, is there's this dead girl who everybody remembers as being amazing and perfect, and she had all these dark secrets, and the whole show mm-hmm. is about uncovering her secrets after she's dead. And so it is interesting. Like, it almost makes me wonder mm-hmm. if there was some level of inspiration taken from that. I hadn't thought of that before, but there is kind of a similarity there where Danica mm-hmm. is like that, where, like, Bryce thought she knew her completely, like, mm-hmm. loved her and stuff, and then there are all these things hidden but i feel like i mean that's true of everything right like Mm -hmm. we we don't know people yeah inside and out as much as we may think we do yeah always Um, which is interesting it is yeah so i really i really liked it i'm excited to see where she's gonna take this i am too i listen i just want us to crack open and get all the secrets (laughs) out already (laughs) yeah i can't handle many more out of this girl's life it's a lot this is wild it is wild. Yeah. I uh, One other thought I had was because we had looked at all of the bonus chapters and the different mm-hmm. special editions. They weren't great. I feel like the main, mm-hmm. the main takeaway is that I think 
what is his name? The guy that that Bryce was betrothed to. Oh, Cormac. Cormac, yeah. So I think the big thing that I'm taking away from at least two of these stories is that we're getting set up for a romance between Cormac and Flynn's sister. Like, that seems to be... Mm -hmm the big takeaway which like i'm yeah. like okay cool like, i mean i did enjoy therion's story yeah. i do like the setup we're getting for him though like yeah. leaving the mer people yes i think that's interesting i i be- did i did find like some of his chapters a little less interesting like i feel like there were too many of them at first i was like who the hell are you because <laughs> i just forgot about him completely yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. lie yeah i will say i was shocked and screamed with the reveal of Celestina and Hypaxia being together. Yes. That was a surprise reveal. Yeah. And I mix I don't know why her name every time I forget her name. That's okay. <laughs> like the lady, the witch lady. Yeah. I also liked the reveal about her childhood stuff. I thought that was interesting. And the necromancer things like mm-hmm. that was really interesting to me. Well, uh, and I I think it's so here's my theory is I think the necromancy thing is setting it up for her to be used mm-hmm. to bring back the uh the thunderbird girl in the next book like i I think they're i think they're going to manipulate her with her love for celestina in some way i don't disagree with you yeah and that whole side plot which was important kind of with the girl and her brother uh emil yeah what's the girl's name was it sophia sophie sophie Sophie? okay i was like it's an s name i thought yeah i think it was sophie I thought that was interesting, too, like how they lied about her brother Emil having powers so he would be protected. Yeah. One thing I will say about this, and I've been really curious to hear if there's any discourse about it now that it's it's out. But the thing that struck me is, so I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Thunderbird mythology is drawn from indigenous North American mm-hmm. people. And, like, given the magical abilities she has and stuff, it's clear that that's what – it's clear that that's what it's being drawn from. Mm -hmm. And so I've been curious to see, like, how people feel about that because, like, I think she's intended to be sort of a stand-in for indigenous people. Whether people think that that was done well or not, I don't know. Or whether Mm -hmm. it's going to be seen as, like, you know, appropriation, I don't know. But even just the fact that, like, her people – Worse, like genocide sort of happened with her people. Mm-hmm. Most of them yeah. have been killed off. And so I do wonder if it's like an attempt to, you know, talk about that issue. That would be interesting. I don't know. I will be curious to see what Indigenous people think of it. Definitely moving, as time goes here with this, because we're still early. Right. And it'll be interesting. And I, I mean, it's also like we have to find the critical commenters on it, I guess, if that makes sense, that are like, yeah, not not just people who like just hate Sarah J. Moss and just want to like, yeah shit on it all over like you know again she's welcome criticism of course is valid but i think there's like that thing of like critical discourse does that make mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's like, like people who we- are who are balanced and aren't yeah. all, all just kind of out to find something they don't like about it but yeah but i've I'm, i've been curious to see if we get any conversation about it from like mm-hmm. indigenous reviewers yeah um i haven't seen anything so far but i've been kind of keeping an eye out for it because i mm-hmm. noticed that and i was like hmm that's an see, interesting i didn't pick up on that because i haven't I have some indigenous authors with some of the lightning firebird type stuff in their stories that I haven't read yet. They're like on my TBR. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like if I had read those, I'd have been like, oh, yeah. this is interesting. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing is like last year I've been reading a lot more indigenous literature. And so I was kind of more, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, what? So I went and like looked it up and I was like, yeah, that's definitely what this is drawing on. So interesting. Uh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's interesting the mash of everything in this book. Yeah, it's a which lot is fun. of fun. I like it. I like. I, do too. I love a good mix of all of it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need everything to be perfectly done. Like I know she's kind of drawing mishmash on like Norse mythology and other things, and mm-hmm. like I, I think it's fun. I think it's more fun to have that kind of mix of it all, though, in a way mm-hmm. than just like one straight myth- mythology that you're following. Yeah. Because then you're just like, oh, look, there's that from this and there's this from that. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think like what else. There were just like so many reveals that happened mm-hmm. in this book and twists. And I it, it was it was a ride. <laughs> it was a ride. Like, I honestly like I was so grumpy when I couldn't get through it sooner because like we had <laughs> illness take over my house. Yeah. And I was just like, all I want to do is listen to this book and I can't. I know. Taking care of sick oh, people. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got through it pretty quick. I read it in like a couple days. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I got through it pretty quick as well, at yeah. least, which was nice. Yeah. But yeah. It, it just, it added like three days because I basically couldn't listen to it for three days. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm done. But we did it. We got, we, we got I did. through it. I, like, I know we kind of mentioned the Hypaxia Celestina thing. I kind of love that she's including more queer relationships in her books because that was, mm-hmm. you know, a thing she never used to do. And I think part of why I was so surprised by it is I didn't, I don't expect it from her because I'm like, well, she already has like a sapphic relationship. So I wasn't expecting her to have another one. I'm like, oh awesome like i don't know yeah, that's true i didn't expect it either um oh you know what i did love in this book i think would be interesting to talk about is like friends and forgiveness and stuff mm. with that i guess to preface that we should talk about <laughs> bryce claiming her princess status even oh though she doesn't gosh. want it oh my god i was like this is so stupid like obviously there's going to be consequences for this like why would yeah. you be surprised no, 100%. I was like, I don't – this is a bad idea, but okay. Yeah. So she, yeah. like, claims her princess status to get Juniper, her front – her chair, whatever, first lead. Lead yeah. the word. Performer yeah. status at the ballet thing. And then Juniper's pissed. Yeah. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And I thought that was just such an interesting dynamic of, like, no, I'm mad at you. And I'm not accepting your apology right now because I'm mad at you. Yeah. I was like, you know, this is a valuable, like, example of friendship sometimes. Like, sometimes you have to be mad at each other mm-hmm. and you work through it. Like, I'm sure in the next book they're going to be fine or work through it in some capacity. But, like, you know, even Juniper's girlfriend, uh, Fury, was like, mm-hmm. I'm not helping you. No. You pissed her off. Don't come to me. You have to make up for it yourself. Like, I can't. Yeah fix this for you or help you fix this. And I really liked that. I thought it was really yeah. nice to have that example of like, no, you have to figure out how to apologize and handle this yourself. Yeah. No, I agree. I love the friendships in this book. And I, I think too. too, what's interesting to me also about it is, is Juniper part of why, you know, she's a talented dancer, but part of why she didn't get the lead is because she's marginalized, like from a marginalized mm-hmm. group of people. And yeah. I think it's also just interesting this idea of, you know, if you are a person of privilege, you shouldn't assume that friends of yours who have marginalized identities want you to use your privilege on their behalf unless you ask them, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because I also think that that's like part of like a big part of why she was so pissed is because she was like, I want to earn it on my own. I want to like do it on my own. Like, don't go like, because then it just looks even worse for me, which is interesting, right? Like, that's because I, I think that 
yeah like there can be a lesson there as far as like, you don't always realize how I guess it's not really nepotism but like it's kind of you know what I mean like how your power can affect others which is funny because I'm like you don't want this and you're out here claiming it to get hurt I was like this is a mistake Bryce yeah. this is a mistake well and the fact that she was surprised that her dad took advantage of it I was like he's been waiting for you to do this <laughs> are you like, kidding me Autumn King's like let's go <laughs> Let's go. I'll claim. We'll claim you. We'll we'll yeah. change your stuff. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was that just was like, so oh, my gosh. Like, why are you surprised Mm-mm. at all? Like, Yeah. No. Yeah. I just I just love that example. of. I don't feel like we get that a lot in books where it's like, hey, no, you fucked up big time. And we need to address yeah. the fact that you did and how we can fix it. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, we don't get it resolved in this book, unfortunately. But I do feel like the res- resolution's coming. Yeah. But also, you know, the fact that, like, it's not – people aren't expected to have to forgive you right away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just – I don't know. It was nice. I, I enjoy a stuff like that in books, like, happening. Because I just think sometimes we forget about that in real life. Like, that sometimes you don't have right. to be like, yeah, I forgive you right away because you apologized. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. I don't know how much I want to talk about it on here. But, like, you know, Sarah has kind of a complicated history of friendship herself. So, like, I wonder yep. how much of that – gets written into this sort of thing yeah that's true that is true i don't really want to go into it either because it's yeah it's weird weird and messy and we don't have all the info because and we we don't all the information because we don't know anybody personally but like yeah yeah now if you have all the (laughs) slide into those dms and tell right (laughs) um yeah yeah. yeah, no, it is interesting. And I just, I don't know. Sometimes I just think, like, there's so much to adult friendship and that shows here. Especially, like, these girls that are labeled as party girls and mm-hmm. not worthless, but let's be honest, like, get deemed, like, deemed as worthless kind of, you know, you're just a party girl. You're not going to amount to shit type thing. Yeah. And then kind of all prove, I mean, Fury is not. Fury is, but she's not, obviously, because she's, like, mm-hmm. an assassin. But, you know, you kind of get to see that here, which is nice. But then I thought it was so funny when she then is introduced she has to go to the party with Cormac and is like introduced as the princess basically. Yeah. And like accepted into that role. And she's like, yeah, but this is my mate. <laughs> and her and dad can't fun. do anything about it. And her dad's been like, like publicly recognized by the Astari mm-hmm. and the Archangels. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, oh, this is so good. This is such go a good back. Mm. I mean, we had to get there. Like we had to get to where she was like recognized obviously as that. And yeah. then yeah. That they were recognized as mates. But I will say it was so interesting to me in this because, like, as we started getting this mating stuff, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, all the Akatar tie-ins, like, this sounds like the mating bond of the mm-hmm. Akatar series. And I'm like, I know, okay, right? that's, that's what it is. It all, it's all the same because they're mm-hmm. the same kind of fae, kind of. Yeah. The other thing, too, is one of my theories going into this was like, okay, what if Fury and Amran are secretly like the same person or something, mm-hmm. which obviously is not the case. However, they do look alike. And we even get like, which we knew from fan art and stuff beforehand. Yeah. But you even see on page when Bryce goes there, she notices that Amran looks a lot like Fury. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's some kind of connection. And there's a lot of mystery about both of their histories. Like, we don't really know where either of them are from or who they are and so i feel like that is a big mystery that at some point is going to get we're going to get unpacked yeah i'm very curious about that mm-hmm. i'm also i mean i know we have the fey tie-in obviously that they go to the throne of glass but i wonder too if these weird the astari have like gone to the throne of glass planet or something or world 
Well, they must have because they like lured some people over. And I yeah. can't remember because I haven't reread the Akatar series in a long time. Mm -hmm. But somebody I know who did was saying that she thinks the Astari are the same as one of the big villains from the Akatar series. Mm. I don't remember I what they're that. called. And like I haven't read it in a while. So I haven't I'm, I'm going to have, have to do a reread at some point. But um, yeah. Hmm. That's mm -hmm. interesting. I don't know. I just don't know how she ties this all together. <laughs> My brain could never. I love it. I think it's fun. And also it's, it's um, you know, I love that we're getting all these multiverse things. I know that hers mm -hmm. has been in in planning for years and years, but it's interesting that we're getting this the same year that we're getting the Marvel Cinematic Universe multiverse as well. True. I'm True. excited that about it. That is interesting. So, yeah. I do love a multiverse. I can't deny yeah. this. So it's fun. That's it is. We're it's always here. a blast. Mm -hmm. The the big takeaway for me is I'm excited about the plot stuff she's doing. Mm -hmm. But I really hope that the next book I, I do think she part of it is probably she was trying to accomplish so much in terms of plot in this book that we didn't get the character stuff that I usually go to her books for. Mm -hmm. So I hope that the, whatever their next book is, that we get more of that again. Because I had forgotten how good it is in um, House of Earth and Blood. There's two of these like great caretaking mm -hmm. scenes with Bryce and Hunt. And they're I just so like, good. oh, I love it. And like, the, yeah. There's I think I would be happy stuff. if the next book is almost an even split between book one and book two as far as like character yeah. and plot. Like I feel like that's that would be my happy medium. I hear you. For her. Yeah. And yeah. even if it's 800 pages, I know this one's technically longer, but we're just going to generalize our eight, they're both 800-ish pages. Yeah. I would be fine if it was more of an even split because I definitely yeah. was just like this – like I like a good sex scene, but these were not even like that great. Like they just felt like fanfic almost – yeah, I just like I can like a good sex scene, but like if they're just this type of it, I need more character emotion and growth behind it. I'm like, why? What? How is this moving? Oh, I did think it was really funny that once they agreed to bone, that they kept not being able to bone. Yeah, <laughs> that did that did yeah. that did uh, amuse me. Yeah, for quite they're a bit like, the we're book. gonna we're gonna wait till the winter solstice. I'm like, yeah, that's gonna go real well for you. Okay. And then they're like, no, 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 we're gonna do move it up. And then it's like, oh no, no, we can't meet at this hotel to do this. We can't. I know, like things kept. Getting and then away. Ethan like screaming at them to be quiet or to be louder next. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. Yeah. Um. Do you cool. have any theories? Uh, do I have any theories? So I definitely think. You know, and I don't know that this is specific, but I, I, I definitely think we're going to get something. We're going to learn more about Amran and Fury, that there's something important about who they are. And we know, and I think in terms of secrets that Danica had that might get unveiled, we know that Danica knew who Fury was because of her, like, bloodhound abilities. Mm -hmm. So I, like, I think she's going to have more secrets get revealed and that might be part of it <laughs> that we're going to, we're going to get there. I suspect that we're going to get a lot more with the Viper in okay. the next mm -hmm. book because yeah I, she, yeah, I feel like she's getting sent, set up to be really central. And I'm, I'm wondering what's going on because there was this whole weird thing of like where she almost like a vampire, like she like bit Therion to free him from the magic of the, the river queen. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm curious, but I, I feel like that's going to be a big part of whatever happens next and I think we're going to get a crossover with the Throne of Glass series. I don't know exactly how that's going to happen, but I think that's going to get brought in sooner than later. And Jessica, yeah. like Jessica, like I think there's still secrets there that we don't know. Oh, about. for sure. Jessica's like a. Yeah. Jessica's from the Throne of Glass world. Oh. 
that's that would totally make possible. That would make a lot so of sense. So I, I pretty much agree with you on all the theories. I also think we're going to get, um, obviously, the hell universe yes. world is going to cross over yeah. into the, yeah. the regular Crescent, Crescent City world, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call them. Um, but yeah, I feel like they're going to cross together kind of in the next book. Yeah. Um, and I think that she's – I mean, my theory is that we're going to have – a price uh-huh. is going to bring – Warriors from Valaris, the Hell mm-hmm. Universe, and the Throne of Glass Universe, and we're gonna get like some epic some battle at some yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also, I also think, which we mentioned earlier, that Hypaxia is going to get manipulated into yeah. using her necromantic abilities to resurrect Sophie. Yeah, for for something in the battle. And then the other thing that I think is going to end up being important is the 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 dragon, the girl dragon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think the dragon's going to play into the next yeah. book or one of the next. Because dragon, sure. they said that her dragon fire is one of the only things that can harm people from hell. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to end up probably mattering in some way. So they're going to have to have the dragon on their side. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. And yeah. I think the viper lady is totally going to be on their side at the end of the day. Like, yeah. well, and the dragon. Oh, and the dragons with the viper, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's there. Yeah. Her and Therion so are gonna there. Get them on their side. I wonder if Therion and the dragon are going to like hook up. Maybe that could be interesting. That would be interesting. A little merman dragon action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Um, We're gonna have to save this little chunk of audio with our predictions for the yeah. next book to be like, what were we correct <laughs> like, on? What and were we what correct were we on? And what were we wrong about? Yeah, definitely. Would be funny. So yeah, I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I'm curious to see how things play out. But yeah, same. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot of moving pieces. I feel like I'm going to have to do rereads of the other series, though, because I think I've heard that she said that she has spent many years planning this. And so mm-hmm. she's been laying, like, putting clues in her books for years and years and years that all connect to where this is going. So. All right, Bethany. Let me know when we're doing this. <laughs> I'm, I'm about due anyway. I haven't reread any of these books in a long time. So I can go. Well, and then we can do the tandem read with Empire of Storms and Tower of Dawn. Yeah, I would be I would be down for that. I'm like one of the one of the rare few that loves Tower of Dawn. It's one of my favorite I do too, books though. from her. That's why we get along. Because <laughs> we both yes. like Tower of Dawn and everyone hates it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why? It's so good. I love it. But yeah. I loved Kale. I know. I've been cl- I've been trying to collect a lot of the audiobooks for Throne of Glass so mm-hmm. that I can – so I, like, own a few of them. So, yeah, that would be fun. That is how I listen to the whole series. <laughs> Big surprise. This is how I get through anything long. I have to listen mm-hmm. to it. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I get that. Well, stay tuned, guys. Who knows? Maybe uh, 2023 will be the, <laughs> the year of Sarah G. Mass. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Listen, cool. we got enough for like one a month or more, I think. It's a lot. I have read all, and I've read all her books. I have too. I think I haven't read the novella, The Assassin's Blade or something. Okay, so you actually need to read it because mm-hmm. it is important. It will. It might make you like Tower of Dawn even more. Okay. Because one of the stories, it's a collection of short stories, mm-hmm. and one of the stories is the backstory to our heroine from Tower of Dawn. Oh, okay. I need to read that. So mm-hmm. I, you know, listen, keep it, yeah. keep your ears peeled, <laughs> eyes peeled. Nothing and I may have something up our sleeves eventually. We might, we might. Um, it might be fun to do. All right. Um. So yeah, that's, uh, I think that's most of what we have to say. I think we had a good time with it. Curious to see where it goes. And we are mm-hmm. going to move into On My Radar, where I will share recent and upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance we're excited about. And the books for today's episode will be released between March 8th and March 21st, 2022. 
But first, if you enjoy the podcast, we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners. And if you're interested in getting early access to episodes as well as exclusive bonus content with every episode, consider supporting us on Patreon. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons, including our world-expanding patrons, Trina and Sarah. You all make it possible for us to do what we do. And um, I've got like three books to talk about. And Izzy, I think you've got a couple. I've got three as well. They're all March releases. So you want to alternate? Yeah, we can alternate. Cool. Um, Okay, so my first – mine are actually all coming out March 8th, but um, my first one is the one that I've read so far. This is Lake Lore by Anna Marie McLemore. If you like Anna Marie McLemore, you should definitely read this one. It's among one of their better books, I would say. They write this really beautiful magical realism, like just like beautiful prose and heartbreaking stuff. This one follows two non-binary teens who are pulled into sort of a magical world under a lake. And the, the, the lake is a metaphor for their feelings and trauma and things that they're going through. And it's just like really lovely. Also, the teens are both neurodivergent as well. So one of them has ADHD and the other one has dyslexia. And so a lot of it is about kind of like them grappling with their the intersection of their identities and struggles mm. that they're having and trauma from the past and like oh, it's really great it's really good i really liked it a lot that um so good i love that cover yeah. i will say that's stunning it's beautiful um okay my first one is in a new york minute by kate spencer hmm. i listened to her podcast forever 35 with another uh person who also writes books they talk about like skincare self-care life it's just it's one of those like weird i don't know i just enjoy it's you know you just enjoy listening to them like talk about their life and like give weird advice and get asked strange questions but she wrote a rom-com that is set in new york city this girl like stains her dress and this guy gives her his jacket to help and then she keeps running into him on the train (laughs) and i just like it just sounds cute it's probably pretty like tame overall i don't see her writing like very open door steam if that makes Mm -hmm. sense um, but it just sounds really cute and it like a fun, like she loves rom-coms. So I, I'm like hopeful that this nails it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like I feel yeah. like somebody who really loves rom-coms and writes like a romantic comedy could, could manage it. I don't know. It's, it's you know, they're always so 50, 50 when they're marked yeah. this way, but I just think it yeah. sounds super funny. That sounds fun. And I love a silly, like meet cute like that where then they like keep seeing each other. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always interesting. Yeah. That sounds cute. Um, so my other one, March 8th, is Blood Scion by Deborah Fillet. This one is a debut YA fantasy, and I do have an arc of it, so I'm going to be reading it soon. It looks really interesting. Following one girl's journey of magic, injustice, power, and revenge, this deeply felt and emotionally charged debut inspired by Yoruba Nigerian mythology is a magnetic combination of A Song of Wraiths and Ruin and Daughter of Smoke and Bone. So it sounds really interesting. It's got this really cool cover, and it's a, a YA African mythology mythologically inspired fantasy about revenge and it looks it looks fun so i'm looking forward to reading it next i have dating dr dill by nisha sharma who i absolutely adore she's a blast on tiktok if you're not following her and in general whenever she's on things like she's very fun Mm -hmm. and this is a taming of the shrew retelling yes listen i just love the cover and i really like nisha's writing and what she shared of it so that's about all i got but i'm excited 
I haven't I heard of it. it. I need to read it. Like ASAP. it does look, re- it does look really cute. Yeah, my last one is also coming on March eighth. It's a short story anthology called "The Way Spring Arrives and Other Stories," edited by mm-hmm. Yu Chen, and it looks really interesting. From an award-winning team of authors, editors, and translators comes a groundbreaking short story collection that explores the expanse of Chinese science fiction and fantasy. So what's interesting is that this collection has been written, edited, and translated by a team of female and non binary people so yeah it just it sounds like a really this just sounds interesting in general yeah it's a cool sounding project so i'm excited to excited to pick that one up the last one i have is the dragon's bride by katie robert which comes out march 29th okay this is about briar rose who has to save herself and ends up in a deal with a dragon and listen it's just it's a she's literally handcuffed to a dragon it's great this clench cover is everything like the artwork is really beautiful two penises so you know i'm just very i'm pretty sure he has two if not this one one of the other ones she's writing she's writing has two penises uh so i just i'm very curious how this is all gonna play out um very interesting as I said earlier, you know, I talked about how I was like, yeah, the, the sex was, this, this is the thing where I'm like, yeah, I want weird sex. Like, give me this. Give me, give me this. Like, weird dragon sex. There you go. But, um, yeah, she has to have, like, seven years of service to this, to this dragon, I guess. And we're getting, like, a fantasy world from Katie with different beings in this series. So I'm very, very excited. <laughs> One of them is going to be a kraken in the book, too. That also has a great cover. So it highly does. recommend. I, I just, I'm excited. Yeah. I think I really have enjoyed reading a few of her books because she is one of the only authors who writes like darker or weirder stuff who is like mm-hmm. very, very big on consent. There's a couple others, but yes, okay. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, Katie is really good at consent and I'm very curious to see where she goes with monsters because she's not really... Like, she kind of teased monsters a little in the Wicked Villain series, I would say, like, with Ursula. Mm-hmm. But, like, she's not really done, like, full-blown monsters. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see where this goes. And I've been loving my monster romances. They're just, they're just, like, they take paranormal and, like, kick it up a notch almost. Yeah. And that's why I'm enjoying them. If they seem to be, like, a, the thing right now. They so. are. They're very popular. Yeah should be fun cool so go check those out as always all of those books will be linked in the show notes or in the video description if you are watching us on youtube this has been chapter three podcast and we're your hosts bethany and izzy you can follow us on twitter instagram and tiktok at chapter three podcast and you can also find us on our individual youtube channels which is linked down below again either in the show notes or in the video description on youtube the next episode is going to be available in two weeks i will be back here with liana to talk about the third and final book in the uh, First Law Trilogy by Joe Abercrombie. So that'll be exciting. Come hang out with us and we will have a special guest for that discussion of the full first trilogy in the First Law universe. And uh, bonus content for this episode will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.